Psalm 126. This is from the NIV version. It says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Doesn't that inspire you today? Uh, Just reading that sends shivers down my spine. I just think that is such a wonderful verse. You know, it's a a little bit of a question, who wrote this psalm? Uh, We tend to think it's Ezra, but it could have been anybody, but they sort of think it was Ezra. And um, this is after the 70 years captivity, Israel taken captive, not living in, in what God had for them. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, one translation says, turned the captivity of Zion. We were like those who dreamed. One translation said, it was so amazing, it it seemed too good to be true. Anybody want to live in the too good to be true realm of God? I mean, wow. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Parents, you're doing a wonderful job. Wow. Verse 2, our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. How many of you know we got something to celebrate? Lord, yes. If you've been here for the last few weeks, you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. You know when something's going well, when the world starts to comment on how great the church is. Amen? And what God is doing for the people of God. For the Lord has done done great things for us. We are filled with joy. Verse 4, restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the desert, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out... Um, in tears, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. I love this psalm. It's sort of saying, do you remember when God set us free? Do you remember that? Do you remember when that person laid hands on us and we were healed? Do you remember that day you gave your life to Christ? Do you remember that day when you heard the voice of God and it absolutely transformed your world? Do you remember that day? And you know what? That day doesn't happen every day. We live in in our relationship with God every day. We live in the goodness of God every day. For surely goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. And we dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we love our relationship with God. And we're filled and being filled with His Spirit every day. But there are days of break. Breakthrough. Amen. There are days you can look into your past. I think of when they came through the, the um, not the Red Sea, the Jordan. And they got 12 stones out from the dry riverbed. And they picked up these stones from underneath. You can't get them anywhere else than in the middle of a miracle. Hello? Can't get them anywhere else. You can't get them on the, on the seashore on holiday. You can't get them in the 
in the little, what's it called, the the rock pools around the edge. It's when God divides the sea. It's when God divides the river. That's where you find these things that are going to be marks for your life. And they picked up 12 stones and they carried them over into the promised land. And they put them down as a memorial forever that God is the God who sets captives free. Never forget the days that God has spoken into your life. Never forget the times where God has moved in such a powerful way. Never forget the times. Don't just put it into the mush of your Christian life, which is, you know, we all live in a a sort of a mush, and that's fine, and things happen, and life happens, but there are days when God speaks. There are days when the prison door opens. There are days, sometimes it's a day of faith, and you don't see the transformation, but you know today, uh, it's under my feet at last. I know it is. I put it there. It's been eating around my ankles. It's been eating around my eyes. It's been eating into my ears. But today, I've pulled it down, and there it is. It's under my feet today. Never, ever to return back into a place of interference in my life. How about Pastor Jay, I can't see any change. Yeah, but I know there's a change. Because faith receives in Jesus' name. Never, never forget, you see, when God turns the captivity of Zion, it's too good to be true. It's not just, oh, yeah, I was expecting that. No, how many of you know he does far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine? Like the woman with the issue of blood, my favorite miracle in the whole New Testament. You know that because I don't stop talking about it. She came to get healed. She went away with every need met. Her faith healed her physical body, but Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the God of more than enough, said, your faith has done what you've already received, but don't go away yet because I've not finished with you yet. And I'm going to give you shalom in every area of your life. Be made whole. And he sent her away absolutely loaded up with all the blessing of God. Those days are wonderful, but those days don't always stay. You know what happened here? They are back in a desert. Not in the desert, but they're back in a desert time as a nation. Even though God turned their captivity and they were laughing and they were shouting. If you saw them today, you'd say, where's the laugh gone? Hello? Where's the shout of praise gone? Well, we saw it three Sundays ago when we're all jumping and shouting and clapping, but where is it today? You see, there are times when God moves, and that's fine. That's not a, a problem. That's, that's great. We were like those who laughed and dreamed and singing songs of joy. But now you can hear this psalmist, the cry of the heart of the psalmist, and what I've called today's sermon today is God will do it again. God will do it again.
He said, the Lord has done great things for us. We're filled with joy. He said among the nations, look what God has done. Verse 4, restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the desert. That's speaking about a time that happened, I think it was pretty much every spring, when the desert was completely barren. If you went there, you'd say, there's no hope. There's no flowers here. There's nothing here. You've heard the scripture, I'm sure, that the desert will blossom as a rose. You know, in a part of the desert that it's speaking about, that happens overnight. And it happens, and because of the streams in the desert, Obviously, that's a correct translation, but an understanding for us, us means a flash flood. It means a move of the floods that absolutely, I'm sure we've all seen flash floods. They absolutely transform an area instantly. Flash flood goes wham. And overnight, there is a transformation. And that's what they're praying here, Lord, just like you do in the desert, will you do it with our nation? I think that's something the church should be absolutely praying for right now. Flood our nation again. Let the floods of, of life pour out. It's not pouring down from heaven, it's pouring out the heart of the church. God's already poured out His Spirit. God said, now there's going to be floods coming out of your own heart. We are absolutely vital to what God wants to do in our generation. God's a God of dreams. God speaks in dreams. God's language is dreams. The language of the Holy Spirit is dreams. Isn't it amazing when God turns the captivity, when he restores, he puts you straight back into the middle of a dream. It's gone very quiet here today. Have I suddenly gone very thoughtful or something? It's like, whoa, wow. When God destroys yokes and removes burdens, he doesn't just put you back to average. He puts you smack back into the middle of your dream. And in fact, you'll find out you're in a greater place than you were before, before the captivity. God gives dreams. He fulfills dreams. Dreams revitalize us. They inspire us. They give us energy. They stir us up. Dreams are so vitally important in our lives. The Bible doesn't say without someone to lead the people perish. It says without a vision, people perish. Yeah? Without a vision, without a dream, without knowing where you're going. I heard somebody say this the other day. We have such a depressed generation because nobody knows what they want and nobody knows where they're going. Wow, that was just exploded when I heard that. When you don't know what you want, you think you do, you want everything and then you get it and it didn't do it what you thought it would do. You don't know what you want and you don't know where you're going. People think they know where they're going. Oh, I'm going for this and I'm going for that and then they get there and they go, well, that didn't do it, did it? People don't know what they want and they don't know where they're going. No wonder we got a depressed generation that doesn't know how to smile and laugh and have some fun. 
but a dream will give you energy, inspire your life. God wants us to live in the middle of our dream. Can I hear an amen? As we start our prayer in January, we have a prayer wall. It's a, we call it the dream wall. You've seen it at the back for those of you who have been here for some time. And we write our dreams on there for the next year. And you better believe we pray over that wall. January is going to be explosive for this church. Explosive as we fast and pray God wants to restore some dreams into the hearts and lives of some people. You've been on a, a maintenance type of a couple of years, just getting through. Well, can I just say, the world is here to stay. The mess is here to stay. Hello? I'm not a prophet of doom or anything. You know me, I'm eternally positive. But don't think in three years' time, we're just going to look back and say, do you remember that COVID thing? Do you remember the problems with race? Do you remember the riots in America? Yeah, I remember those like I remember the 60s. No, this one ain't going away. Why do I say that? I say that because we must not live in maintenance mode. We cannot live in a, when all that stops, everything will be okay. When they give us another jab, when they give us another pill, everything will be okay then. No, guys, everything's okay now in the kingdom of God. Everything's unshakable now in the kingdom of God. You know what? When the gas crisis is over or when the fuel price, prices have come back down again or when there's food on the shelves or whatever. And, I, I, you know, I'm not saying that things that, you know, we're going into a, a, you know, a whole mess of a world. But the Bible is really clear that we live independent from the world and the world lives independent of us. The, the Bible says it like this. I'm crucified to the world and the world is crucified to me. Don't live life like you're joined with the world. Live life like you're joined to the kingdom. Get your dreams from the kingdom. I don't care what's going on in the world, I'm going to dream. I don't care what's going on in the economy, I'm going to dream. I don't care what's going on health in the world, I'm going to dream. And my dream says my needs are met. My dream says I'm healed. My dream says whatever I put my hand to prospers. My dream says God is going to provide. My dream says He's the God of the breakthrough. My dream says my family's growing. I'm not prophesying children yet or anything. Dreams, 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 dreams. God speaks in dreams, so let's listen to some dreams. Let's stir up some dreams. Don't drop your dream. You need to pick it back up again. You need to pick it up. Perhaps it was a dream for a business and it all went down the pan last year. Pick it up again. Pick it up again. Perhaps it was a dream, I don't know, to be married and you went through a bad experience. We'll pick the dream up again. Amen. Amen. Let God speak. Because when God turns captivities and brings you back into your dream, of these six verses, four verses, they deal with singing and shouting for joy. Isn't that wonderful? Four of the six verses about, so we're going to sing again. 
Sing it again. Shout again. Jump again. Why? Because God's doing something. Our response when God moves is joy. It's not deep thoughtfulness. It's joy. It's smile. Turn to someone to smile right now. The Lord is personally involved. He's personally involved with turning your captivity. Personally involved with turning your captivity. In bringing things back. I love what it says. Here it says um, in the NIV, it says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. Where do you need restoration this morning? Where do you need restoration? I've got three points. I'll get to them next week. What does the Lord need to restore in your life? How many of you know God puts you back together better than you? He puts you back together. He puts your mind back together better than you. Puts your marriage back together better than you. Oh, but Pastor Jay, that's just too good to be true. Isn't that what it said? This was too good to be true. That's actually what two or three translations say. Too good to be true. Even if you can't get your faith up to where you want it to be, get it somewhere and let God do the rest. Amen? Amen? Now, I'm always for pushing your faith as hard and as far as it can go. But you still got to know it's faith and not presumption. You still got to know it's faith and not just, oh, well, I'm just, I'm saying I believe, but it's really not heartfelt. No, you go for the heartfelt and God will do over and above, far abundantly above. Align your faith and let God move and let God do that it's too good to be true. Amen. I'm really, I preached myself happy this morning. The Lord is personally involved with bringing things back. Bringing things back. Lost jobs. Scattered families. Upset relationships. Those people that have left church and we haven't seen them. Even says in the book of um, uh, Joel, it says, The Lord will restore the years the locust has eaten. You would have thought it would say, The Lord will restore the harvests that the locust has eaten. But he didn't say that, it says, The time. You ever felt like you've just lost time in your life? You've lost time. There have been seasons in my life when I think, well, that two years, I'm grateful, I'm thankful, in all things give thanks. But you know what? That two years or that four years or that year or that six months just seems to have been stolen. Ever been there? Now, we know that in and through all things, we come out for good and it's all going to work together for good, etc., etc. But God says, I will restore the years that have been stolen away from your life. I'll I'll restore them back to you. You can have time stolen because you live in unforgiveness. That's probably the biggest one. 
offense. See, when you live in stuff that takes you captive, you don't progress. So you lose time. You getting anything out of this this morning? God will restore the time. When you deal with the offense and you deal with the unforgiveness or you deal with the whatever it is that's, that's put somebody back into captivity, Galatians says, don't go back into captivity. You're free. Don't go back into captivity. Don't be chained again. Don't be yoked again. The Lord is personally involved with bringing things back into our lives. God is a returner. He's a rebuilder. He's a restorer. He's a recoverer. He's a reviver. He's a, a God who raises the dead. He's a God of resurrection. I believe with all of my heart, this has been stirring recently, something to do with some conversations I've been having with people, but, but just I think it's a God thing that there is a big return coming back to church. I want to prophesy that in Jesus' name. There's a big return. And I'm not just talking, please don't think I'm talking about Citygate. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ. Just a handful of years ago, the average church size in the UK was 32 people. Average church size. There's a returning taking place in Jesus' name. There's a returning taking place. When a nation returns back to God, it happens as people preach. It happens as people serve. It happens as people love. It happens as people give. It happens as people pray. It happens as people stand and shine. But I believe we're heading for a time that is too good to be true. And I don't know what your theology says. Ah, just a remnant. It's all going to get so bad in the last days. And oh, please God, come back because we just can't handle it anymore. That is not the Bible that I read. I read a Bible that talks about a great harvest. I read a Bible that talks about all hell breaks loose. And yes, there's a huge polarization happening in society. So there is in the Spirit. Massive polarization taking place. That which is God is God and that which is not is obvious. You see, we don't like it when things are, wow, things are getting really bad. Can I just say they always were bad but didn't look like it? So we've been lulled into this false you know, sense of, oh, isn't it wonderful? Oh, isn't God good? Isn't everything lovely? Because we don't have all the knife crime and we don't have all of this and we don't have all the hardship and we don't have all of that. Now we can see it for what it is. It's always been there. But now we can see it and the church is getting upset. And you think, why are you getting upset? This is a great answer. Not an answer to prayers, but it's, this is a great opportunity for us to shine in the darkness, for us to love and forgive and serve and be Christ in a generation. What an opportunity we have. There is a great return in coming back to the kingdom of God in Jesus' mighty name. Sharon said, I've started to clap again when I'm preaching. 
She told me off a few years ago to stop clapping when I preach. So many people focused on the bad things of life. Lift your eyes. God is doing a wonderful thing in our generation. Noah built the ark of salvation at a time of great chaos and sin and darkness in the earth. Noah built the ark. Can you imagine what people were saying to him? What an idiot. It's never even rained on the planet. Never rained once until that 40 days. You know what the Bible says? The heavens gave rain. That was when, if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, you'll need to do academy and you'll learn some of this stuff. Genesis chapter 1, you have the earth. You have the whole earth covered in flood and water. God divides the water and puts a canopy of water all the way around the planet, above the sky. And in Noah... In Noah. In Genesis, in Noah's day, all that water crashed down to the earth. And from then it rained on the planet. Never rained before that. God didn't create this planet to rain. Mist came up from the ground. Noah built the ark when nobody had a clue what rain was all about. Never been a flood. Noah built an ark when nobody was expecting it to ever have to be used. The church is the ark. Hello? The church of Jesus Christ is the ark. We're the ark of God. Thanks, Joyce. Come on up and play something spiritual. Noah built the ark at the time of disaster. Took him a hundred years. Took him a hundred years to build that boat. It's incredible. We've done up a few houses. We bought a house in '93. We did it up and we sold it. We bought another one. We did it up and we sold it. We've just spent the last eight years, 10, 12 years, we're not finished yet, doing the house that we currently live up. We put an extension on the back, and I didn't do the brickwork or the plastering, but I did the electrics and the plumbing and the floors and the ceilings and the, everything else. It takes time. You get fed up with it. I've been fed up with doing something, but you know you just got to keep doing it. Oh, 100 years to build a boat. It's incredible. But he kept at it. He kept at it. I don't know about you, but there are, t- you know, after a couple of years of doing the house, we didn't have a downstairs. All the floors were up. The ce- there was no ceilings. So the whole thing, there was no electricity. It was dark. You couldn't see. We just lived in the front little kitchen area that was also a storeroom and upstairs. It's an absolute mess of a place. There were times like, I just don't want to do anything today. I don't want to pick up another hammer. I don't want to saw another piece of wood. And when that sets in, you can go six months. Hello? It's true, yeah? 
For those of you who've done some of this stuff, I know somebody else in the church, not here in this service, but they're here and it's just like, yeah, I'm going to do this. We'll get it finished in three months. And then it sets in, oh, not another doorway. Not another door to hang. Some things you've got to do in one, in one hit. But then other things, I mean, Sharon wanted a fireplace in a certain place. And it was like five years. And then I gave in because I'm the submissive husband. <laughs> and you know what? It was the right decision all along. But he spent a hundred years to build something to rescue a generation. Now, they didn't want to get in the ark, but the animals did. The animals did. God started again. As I was just preparing for this, I was really, really reminded very strongly of Saul's lost donkeys. Now, Saul, we know, was a mess and he was changed because the anointing touched his life. But still, the anointing touched his life. And he said, you'll go back, don't worry, the donkeys are found. Donkeys are found. And I don't know who that is for here today. I think it's for all of us. You won't have to go hunting for your lost donkeys because God already knows where they are. He already knows where they are. He's already planned their little donkey trek coming back to where you are. Could be your job, could be your family could be your finances, could be your health, could be your marriage. When the Lord turned the captivity, when he restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Any dreamers in the house today? Come on, let's stand to our feet, shall we? Wonderful God. Lord, today has just been a day, I think, in your presence, hearing your voice. being touched by your spirit because you inhabit the praises of your people when we start praising you God you, you move in so there's no surprise but you're still the God who restores revives rejuvenates reignites revives and bring us into a place that's too good to be true Right now, in Jesus' name, we lay hold of that. Come on, if you need some too good to be true, I know I do. Lord, we lay hold of that this morning for one another. For this church, Citygate Church, for the whole body of Christ. Lord, the days of too good to be true. Let there be some flash floods that caused the desert to absolutely blossom overnight. We lay hold of it in Jesus' name and we thank you for it and are eternally grateful that we can laugh in your presence. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, yeah. So good.
laugh in your presence, sing songs of joy. Take authority today over every spirit of heaviness in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to go to war now, so you can you can just do whatever you want to do. In Jesus' name, you take your hands off, devil. You back off in Jesus' name. Every oppressive spirit trying to control, squash down in Jesus' name, I declare the oil of the joy of the Lord as our strength and to remove every spirit of of heaviness, every yoke of oppression. Declare you defeated, so you back off and you release the people of God right now in Jesus' Name. Amen, it's done. Thank you, God. Right now, with every eye closed and every head bowed, come on, if you're here today and you know you need to be one of those people who is restored back to God, Perhaps you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. Perhaps you, you know that you've not been living. You've been living in the desert. And I don't just mean in your feelings. I mean you've not been living in a relationship with God. And it's your time to come back. You are not here by accident. So right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you to do something really simple. And that is to raise your hand in this auditorium right now. If you say, yep, that's me. I want to come back. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, there's other people here today. God bless you. Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. That's great. It's just, you responded to God. God bless you, mate. Wonderful. Come on. There's other people here today. Don't leave this place today the same way you came in. Today's a day of restoration. God is doing far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine today. So come on, let's lay hold of it right now. Last time, there's somebody else here today. You know your heart's exploding right now. And you know this is your time of response to God. He's been knocking at the door of your heart for weeks now. Come on, where are you today? Come on, respond to God. Don't leave this place. Let it go. Let it go in Jesus' name. Come on, last time as I look across this auditorium, there's somebody else here. I am feeling very constrained about this right now. And this is a fight for your eternity. This is a fight for your destiny. Come on, submit your heart to God today. Where are you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, God. That's it. Wonderful. We win. Amen. We win. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. You have a plan for my life, for eternal life. You sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross to give me life. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. Turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Now, we are going to celebrate. I am not letting this one go. We are going to celebrate for five seconds. We're going to shout, jump, clap. If you can spin around without thumping somebody in the nose, come on. We are going to go for this. Come on. We have got days of hallelujah ahead of us. Come on. One, two, three. Yes! Yes, God! Yes, God! Yes, God! Amen! 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 Yes, 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 God! Amen, amen, amen.
Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week.